Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally, or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify, or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. This morning, I'm joined as always with Hallie. Hallie, good morning. Good morning. How are your dogs, by the way? They're wonderful. Yeah, over the weekend, you said you had a wonderful time with them. Yeah, they're great. I mean, we love them so much. It's so weird. We're like, this how old are they now? People, they're only about a year, but this is probably how people feel about their kids, I'm assuming, but maybe even more strongly. I think some people feel more strongly about their dogs. I don't know. I like look at them both and I'm like, I don't know which one I love more. I, know, yeah. I actually oh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, think yes, I yes. love one more than the yes, other. You like, can't. You love I them differently. I think I love them equally and differently. Yes. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. It's funny because um, when uh, we were, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and they said, hey, I don't know how we even got on this conversation, but they said, hey, you know, one of the trying parts of my life was when my son, and this was a male, said that like when he turned 12 to 13, he no longer was my best friend and buddy. And it was really hard for me. Oh. And he was saying that he's like, you know, I know Asher is so close to you. And he goes, at some point you got to let him be that, that manhood, that kind of rite of passage for what they want to do and how they want to grow. Um, and so I just started thinking about that yesterday and I started thinking about how much like I love him, but then I love my two girls and I just love each one of my girls differently. And so I don't, it's, totally. it's a, it's a universal love that you love for your kids or your dogs or for humanity or for people, but you just love things differently, right? Yeah. Like you can love foods, but you love foods differently. Yeah. It's not even close to how I feel about my dogs. No, but like, <laughs> but it, I'm just saying yeah. it, the, the, the depthness may not go there, yeah. but the same like, Hey, I love, I love bananas, but I also love blueberries just depends you don't love blueberries who doesn't love a fresh blueberry well yeah i'm not saying i don't in vermont I just, by the way bananas are not in, in season right now i'm just yeah. gonna throw that out there they're not in season i keep telling sarah like she keeps buying them because i love bananas but every time i open them up now they're like they're just not in season oh okay. maybe it's because i was in costa rica recently too oh, and so they had, had such like, a the fresh fruit banana, yes yeah. exactly um just to i actually thought it was interesting what you mentioned about as asher's getting older and kind of getting well he he still holds my hand. More he still years. snuggles with yeah. me. I fell asleep with him last night in our oh, bed. Really? That was so cute. Yeah. Yeah. That'll probably go away in a couple of years. Yes. But I, you mentioned kind of about the son, the father son relationship. I think it's ex- pretty much identical for 
mother-daughter relationship, there becomes this point when you're in your teenage years, right? And you're, you really are best friends and you're best friends with Asher. I know how close you guys are and it's going to go away a little bit, but I circles back a hundred percent circles back. At least I, I have that whole wish for everybody. It certainly did for me and my mom and she's my best friend other than my sister. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, it's an interesting part. Cause when you go through it, you search for your own freedom. You want to be your own and you explore different variations yeah. of who you are. And I did the same and thing. And you go right? off into the yeah, world and you, and you find and yourself. And, and then you, and then I, I remember that moment where I realized that's probably my early twenties. I realized like my parents weren't particularly my dad wasn't like this God like that, that like you could always project them to. Uh, and then it kind of like threw me the wrong way for a couple of years. Then I came back to it and realized how special he was though, for what he could do and what he meant to me. And I've kind of shared that with him. Yeah. So one of the things I always try to do with Asher is to say, Hey, you know what? There's going to become a time where actually, I actually had this conversation with him last night. I said, you're going to be your own man at some time, at some point, And I want you to be you and I want you to go for your freedom. I want you to go do this. And you're going to realize that I'm any kind of, you can do a lot of things now where basically it's like, Hey, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. So don't, you don't put them up as like a pedestal. Like they don't look up to you that way that you don't think you make mistakes. So I try to share all the mistakes that I make and different things that we're yeah. doing. I never felt that way about my parents, like the pedestal thing. And I, I never felt that way. Um, and still don't now. It does always just more of like a pure, not when I was a kid, right? Like yeah. I respected yeah. their authority, but I didn't think that they were like these, although not, I know I think, but I felt like that way about my dad a little bit more because yeah. he was in this professional yes. world. And and he like, was like, wow, look at them. Like he was the captain of the ship. So we got to go to yes. like special plate, you know, yes. special stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we do this with, with really successful people in every field that we're following. Yeah. So if we're following, if we're in sports, we look at the best sports people and we yeah. think somehow they're amazing. Actually, I was watching this movie, um, last night. Have you ever, have you watched the Alpinist by the way? No, it's really good. Um, it's about this guy who was like, he, he, the Alpinist, but Alpinist is somebody who free solo climbs mountains. Right. Yes. And this guy, they did the, the original free solo movie. And then after this guy, Mark Leclerc essentially was like this free climber that nobody ever, t- he, like, he didn't have any promotions. He didn't have sponsors. He just climbed for the love of climbing for everything that he was doing. Anyways, it was really, I didn't realize he died. It was really sorry to ruin it for you. But like he, he it was really sad because at the very end of the movie, I thought, man, this is awesome. Like he just did this stuff. I wonder what he's doing now. And then they're like, we thought the editing was done and he ended up climbing this mountain that like after the he filmed this whole thing like he would actually leave for years or for months at a time without like not climbing? telling not telling the filming crew that he was gone because he wanted to climb by himself and he would have to climb it by himself but then he would reclimb it with the filming crew because he said if he had filming crew with him it didn't feel like it was a solo climb and so oh he would God. he was like this like yeah anyways it was did, really did he die climbing yeah he came he died calling coming down oh he was he was uh, rappelling down and there was an avalanche and oh, it took no. him out in Alaska. He ended up doing this crazy climb with another person. They got up and, they, and the crazy thing is they got to the top and they had cell phone service and they sent a couple texts out and then on the way down. Isn't always the thing, isn't always the thing they usually, um, if there's accidents or yeah. mishaps or deaths, isn't it often on the way down? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like in businesses, right? It's all like all those things. But mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean, I don't know about free solo because you're always just, the, it's just amazing to watch how, how his craft and, and what it was. Anyways, important bringing that whole thing up. He talks about how, like right before I went into that scene, there was an interview that he's doing kind of like this hostel, if you will. And he talks about how all the achievements, cause he had such amazing achievements in his life. He said all the achievements 
they don't really mean anything to me. It was about like the residue that has been left behind about who I became. And I thought that was a great way of saying it, um, of just the, like, the, the residue of, I think I might add that word in there, but he, something along those lines, he basically said that it's the journey, right? It was the whole thing. And he really em, em, embarked that. So kind of sparked that interest when you're talking about kids and for today's topic, yeah, like that's kind of random, yeah, but. No, but it's, it's for today's topic <laughs> about like, you know, letting people kind of be their own and let them tolerate. But however, you can tolerate it for your kids. Can you though? Well, you can tolerate their variations of what they're doing, but if, if a behavior is there at any age, um, you need to address it. And I think right now we've, for some reason we choose to do this podcast this way because we've had a lot of, um, this topic has come up in our organization yeah. and we've saw Ray Dalio actually talked about it. So it must be something that's showing up right now. And it's this. Okay. Yeah. So Ray Dalio, I found this on LinkedIn. I think it was about a week ago. Um, he said as one of his principles of the day, he said, once you identify a problem, don't tolerate it. And this is how he explained it. Tolerating a problem has the same consequences as failing to identify it. Whether you tolerate it because you believe it cannot be solved because you don't care enough to solve it or because you can't muster enough of whatever it takes to solve it. If you don't have the will to succeed, then your situation is hopeless. You need to develop a fierce intolerance of badness of any kind, regardless of its severity. Yeah. And we, you actually, like some people email us, how do I deal with the situation? You took that quote and you said, this is how I deal with it. Right. As yeah. a way of like, how can I explain it better than that type yeah, thing? Really, right. Really can't. Well, I mean, but it showed up a couple of times in the same couple of days. So we're like, Hey, this must be something that's happening. Even in our organization, somebody said, Hey, we kind of made an excuse for someone's behavior. And the person responded is like, well, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't pretend that you don't see it or justify it because that's how they are. If it's a bad behavior, right. that's not something that's tolerable. And that was like a wake up. We're like, yeah, actually it's a because really it good point. Because it affects other people. Yes. It affects, it affects the whole affects culture. The business and yes. affects the culture. Right. Yeah. But many people are sitting here probably listening to this and running businesses or running a division or conversations they need to have in their personal life or with their kids. And there, and there's something along the lines of, um, well, we tolerate things because we don't want to deal with the discomfort of the issues that are showing up. And so in, in particular in business, it's very easy to sweep things under the rug to pretend they didn't exist because you don't want to go deal with having to replace that person or you're afraid that they're going to go quit. And it's particularly in or right just now have to have the hard conversation yeah, to deal with the person's emotions, all that stuff. Right. But the effects of not dealing with that member piece. So people want to know like what, what is leadership, right? And there's the kind of elusive word leadership. And again, I think it's about making quality decisions. I think if leadership can be summed up in a couple words, it's that, right? It's about making world-class decisions, about three of them a day, right? Three or four. You can make other decisions about making three or four decisions a day, world-class decisions. One of the world-class decisions is how you deal with this. Right. And if you don't, you are Subtly, you're, you're, you're not or, you're not making the highest quality decision. Well, I was going to say if you if you don't deal with the, those things, you're either I was going to say subtly, but perhaps overtly, um, saying that you tolerate the behavior. Yeah, and so it sends that signal that whatever they're doing is totally fine. You may have like a salesperson who tolerates different. I always go back to sports. I remember when um, Bill Belichick showed in for uh, Drew Bledsoe before Tom Brady came in. Um, this was his first approach, or first coaching practice. Um, Bill Belichick came in, who's the, he was, he's a coach of New England Patriots. And at the time, Tom Brady was not Tom Brady. It's funny because he just retired and we're talking about him, but didn't officially retire. Yeah, he officially retired yesterday. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. Oh. Way to keep on the news. Hallie. But anyways, he, <laughs> the goat has officially retired. Yeah. Uh, he announced it yesterday. Okay. Um, anyways, so, but before he became a, a superstar, Drew Bledsoe was there and Drew Bledsoe was kind of like this prima donna 
that's not the right word. I don't know what was happening, but basically the situation was he was kind of on his own terms and his own rules. Perhaps entitled or entitled, whatever it was. And so he always showed up late. And so he showed up late for the first practice. And he said, basically told Drew Bledsoe, they're like, you're not playing. Like you're not starting. And they were like, what? And I think he ended up starting or like whatever it was, but like he basically, Bill Belichick set the tone for behavior. Mm -hmm. He didn't tolerate it. And the whole team was like, wow, this is different. He was the youngest coach in NFL history, came in the first practice to an, an absolute, you know, famous icon quarterback that comes in late and says, you're not practicing today because you showed up late. These are behaviors. And it's funny because you go on to it. And I think Bill Belichick may be one of the greatest all time coaches because of his ability to uh, withstand the discomfort, regardless of severity. I mean, that's a pretty big thing. When you come in, you tell your star quarterback that they're not going to play if they show up late or whatever it is. And we've seen other coaches. I think Phil Jackson did the same thing. He did that with Michael Jordan and his ego and as he's going through all those different things. He's done that many times with Kobe all and he's pulled that in there and he's always had that ability to maintain the standards of a certain level of behavior within the business because sports is business, right? That he has I to uphold. I feel like I have to disagree with that a little bit because I, I think that the Michael Jordan story was almost the, and actually another story comes to mind as well. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just offering this other example. Um, the Michael, Michael Jordan, like he, he did play by his own roles. And I think even Tim Grover, who wrote the book relentless even says through his coaching him, he's like, yeah, he was an asshole sometimes, or he was whatever, but he could be because of who he was. Yeah. I think that's two different things though. I think there's the, there's the, he always showed up for practice and he was always on time and he always did those things. How he showed up for practice, he could be an asshole on and different things. Like he would really kind of push that forward really well. Um, and that, did you watch the last dance? I did. Yeah. And it's all in there. Like, and that's what yeah. like, he talks about how like Phil Jackson was the guy who basically got him to understand leadership. Right. But and his not ab- play for Michael. Uh, yeah. His approach, his, uh, here's the thing. What people tolerate is just different. Like Bill Belichick may not have actually tolerated Michael Jordan's behavior. He just might not have. And then would he have actually been Michael Jordan? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. What what behavior though? Like if you're referring to like, but I think a lot of. I mean, he w- he was a, ver- I think verbally abusive to his teammates. Um, again, just like played by his own rules, pushed people really hard, but not always in a positive way. Now, did he get results? Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I could, some of I could, his teammates have yeah. in the in the last dance said how much of an asshole he was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, being an asshole and tolerating behavior, I think is two different things. Like that well, is a behavior. Well, I guess so. Um, so what would be your point then? So you're, my, my you're saying, cause we, we, we let off with yeah. Ray Dalio here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying you're allowing people to tolerate this. I think that different people tolerate different things. And you just have to be clear on what it is that you tolerate in those cases that uh, that behavior was tolerable where in the Bill Belichick's example, it wouldn't have been. Um, so, and I know we've talked about this. I think the challenge with that, though, is that, yeah, you can be clear, but you got to make sure that you're you're aligned because somebody may be listening to this and go like, well, then I'm going to tolerate a top performer. A hundred percent. I cannot remember what book it is. I'm going to tolerate a top performer on my team because Hallie just said that it's fine because I'm OK with allowing that to happen. And you know what? That's their choice, how to run their business. I really think that, I, again, I cannot remember what book it is, but there was a book particularly about sales that said sometimes... Now, I don't necessarily agree with it, but in this particular instance, they said you can keep a top performer on your team. It's almost like sometimes where we say, like, you know what, this um, we've 
do this sometimes with our team members. You don't have to show up every day and lead generate if you're getting hitting the results month over month. Yeah, I think that's different though. They have different rules. Well, the rules of the, the, the well, the outcome is is that you have to hit a certain number of sales, and they they get it. They don't have to show up the same way. I don't think that's. I don't think right, that's necessarily okay. think that's a behavior. That's more no, no, of a no. It's perk. more of an activity. It's you know like people. Yeah, it's an activity. It's how people show up and do different things. But I also do, yeah, and maybe there's not a problem there. There's not a problem. Yeah, there's there. not because they're already hitting their goals. They're a culture fit. I think that's always really important. There's definitely a book that contradicts that though, and I can't remember. I'm sure there's is. a lot of books that, that contradict yeah. the other thing, and I think a lot of people are going to run their business the way they are. I just think that like if you look at like a lot of examples of organizations, and I think just like what Ray Dalio says, if you identify a problem, if somebody's lying or is someone showing up in a negative negative way at all times or a negative attitude. I guess that's what more of, I think you got to decide whether or not you want that in your culture. Yeah. And I, and I actually don't think it only just applies to because behavior. in Michael Jordan's example though, people wanted to play with him, even though he was tough because it was the best. So, I mean, I think it's hard to like, if you, right. But you overlooked the bad behavior because it was the best. No, if they overlooked it though, that's the thing they that tolerated I'm tolerated. To- yeah. But they tolerated it openly. It wasn't like it was, they swept it underneath the rug. They did it and they knew what they knew what the organization was because Michael pushed himself harder than anybody else did. I, I think tolerate is not, doesn't need to be a hidden thing. Yeah. I, I just, I, I have a, I struggle with comparing that to this example. Oof. I think it's a perfect example. I just, I don't, I don't think, cause Michael, I, I think he just brought a whole level of energy to the organization that was for the better. Correct. However, just like Tom Brady at times, like when he talks about like he, Tom Brady showed up with, a, so remember though, Tom Brady also with Bill Belichick as his example, had his own TB12 coach. And then at some point it became such a distraction that he told Tom he can no longer have that coach travel with the team. And right. it was a big ordeal. Right. And I guarantee that on the, uh, with Michael Jordan, how he had all of his private coaches. Well, everyone has, can have their own coaches. It was just, they couldn't be, the guy couldn't be in the locker room because he was going against what the, what the, what the team was saying. Right. But I think that's just they can have private interesting, coaches, interesting difference because that was Bill Belichick's leadership. It's not that he couldn't have though private coaches is they couldn't be in the locker room telling sure. other players what to do that went against the And Michael Jordan always had an entourage wherever he went. Well, so didn't Tom Brady. He has the same thing, but just not in the locker room. I believe Michael Jordan's was in the locker room. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he had I, security saying, for those I think those it's like things. an interesting, just different leadership styles did tolerate different things. Yeah, I'm just going to disagree with you. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go watch The Last Dance again and prove you wrong. Well, it's not about proving <laughs> wrong. It's I just don't, I, I think that. Um, I, I think th- because he's so good, you would have tolerated that behavior. Well, I don't think, I think, I guess what I'm getting hung up on is I don't think that his behavior was wrong for the team. I don't think it actually hurt the, the culture of the team. I don't think it hurt the team because those players also chose and wanted to work for Michael and wanted to be there. Correct. And biz- the same time kind of guess when I'm, when I'm, yeah, cause he's hard. It's like, it's like Amazon. It's the same way. Like Jeff Bezos, like, yeah, we're not for everybody. And there's a theme that's developed there. I guess what I'm really referring to is that there's a behavior that's going on within the team. If that person started showing up and by the way, they did, they sat people like when Scotty Pippen in the last dance, remember he kind of made those comments. They sat him for like basically whatever it was like three or four games. So I think there's like, there's a, there's a culture that you can have that's there. But I think what I'm really referring to in like a business setting is that could be the top performer, but if they're eroding the culture and eroding the results of the organization, then that's what you can't really tolerate for. I, I do agree with that. And I think that in some leaders perspective, that would have been Michael Jordan. But they didn't erode the culture though. And they didn't erode results. 
No, because he was freaking Michael Jordan. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. So the rules didn't necessarily apply to him. Well, no, the rules did apply. Like he still, like I, I still. Listen, I, I'm not the best at the sport, all the sports stuff. So <laughs> like, you're taking a position here. So now, now it's going. Because I think he was no, he was very well known for not being he, no. a likable. Yes, but there's guy. a lot, there's a lot of leader, but at the same time, he was also like, and even in the last dance, I talked about how he was the guy that was always had your back. He was always there. Yes, and I'm just. He was always like pushing you there. Apply, uh, if you applied I'm, that to the business world, some of that behavior would have just not fl- flown, at all. In the '90s, and business is not tolerable today, anyways. Probably for good measure. But the the reality is, is like when when you've identified a behavior that's not in 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 in, in part of your team. But I think this is a good conversation because I think this is the reality of where people get caught up in, in listening to their own thing. Like we have a top performer. So I'm not going to, I'm going to allow them to do what they want to do. Cause I'm afraid to make the decision to let them go. Correct. Then you just have to understand that there's consequences for anything that you're doing there. That may mm-hmm. end up eroding the team, right? Yes. That may end up losing other people. Well, Whereas but, in the bowls, they didn't lose people. No, but what, but when didn't they get a new GM and then the whole, or no, and then the GM let, uh, the, let the coach go. Right. Phil Jackson. Yeah. The, the, the GM came in and was let down. Then the team kind of, and then the team dissolved. Yes. But that wasn't because Phil, that was because the new GM came in. However, about the whole tolerating thing, um, not, not letting top performers go because they're top performers and not having that conversation. Yeah, and I guess I, I keep going back to Michael, because Michael Jordan actually created the culture, though. Like, he created a different... I just remember uh, this one guy that they interviewed in the last dance, and I feel like I remember him being like, I, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but like, I hated him. And he was mean to me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, maybe been a coach, but how many people do that probably even for our organization at times, right? Like their standards were too high. I could think of people that you work directly under you that might say something along those same things. Yeah. And so, I, but it's not because it doesn't mean that you didn't tolerate. It's just a different, you didn't tolerate their other behavior. So I'm just saying that like, it's hard to put in that context because people are going to say that about every business person out there. Like you can go find people that say, Adam's organization, they work too hard. What they expect is too much. It's not there. They could say the same thing about Amazon, which they did. And when that whole thing broke like five or six, seven years ago, I'm not saying, I don't know like their whole workings of how all their employees work and maybe there's some things that need to get fixed on there. But one of my friends who was like the 57th employee there or 58th employee, or whatever it was, was there. And he was like, yes, it's difficult, but we all love the difficulty of it. Yeah, but they, 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 there's not a problem there. Exactly. And there wasn't a yeah. problem for Michael Jordan. I'm not saying there was a problem for him. I was saying there could have been a problem for some of his team members. I don't think there was, though, but that, that was my point. It wasn't a problem that the team had. Right, and I guess it wasn't a problem that the coach had. And so, well, yeah, it wasn't at all. Or it wasn't a problem for it the results they had. It was a problem for the GM. The GM didn't like him. Well, the GM didn't. I don't think he liked anybody. <laughs> I know. But I, so that was my point. It wasn't a problem. The team actually, that was the team. Right, so maybe the catalyst, or the, um, not the catalyst, but like the connecting point here of this whole argument, this discussion that we're having is that I'm right, thank whether you. <laughs> no, whether or not there is a problem that's been identified. And so in some of the examples of a business that we've had most recently, there are problems. there's a problem that's been identified. Yes, and like, it's affecting things. Correct. But I, what I do think is actually interesting is, and I've seen this even with myself about like deciding what you tolerate and what you don't, particularly if you have such high standards, like this other individual that I'm thinking of who brought up the question and quite honestly myself as well, I start second guessing myself about is this just a pet peeve? Is this something that I really can't tolerate? Is this a, is it a, is it a behavior issue is, or is it a performance issue? 
either way, do you tolerate it? Am I just being too hard yeah. as a leader and my expectations yeah. out of whack? Yeah. Um, and that can also become a challenge to, to yeah, you get caught to, up in your mind, the mind's telling you everything about, you know, Well, I think, I think questioning that stuff is helpful. Oh, of course it is. Right. I think then you go back to saying, am I being clear? Is my, my expectation set? Right. And in the, and I guess what threw me off with the whole Michael Jordan thing is cause it really was, I mean, the, there wasn't a problem with the team. He may have been an asshole, but that was part of like, they rallied around that. Like they hold, they got results. There. When I'm saying it from like, when I was thinking about it from coming into this conversation about like the business context, there was an actual problem that was actually causing issues. Right. I don't, they're, they're, the, yes, they, maybe he wasn't the happiest person or the best person to play around there, but he wasn't really causing issues in that way he was actually rallying the team and into different things the, the same thing <laughs> yeah, yeah you just you don't want to give in that but it's fine but like the scene so in this context in the business is like there could be a top performer in sales who's driving you know more sales than anybody else is but there's a problem that's eroding from that that's right. where you have to make the decision if the if the if there's a hundred you know if you, you do 150 sales or whatever that makes sense for your organization right and all of a sudden like he's not showing up to script practice but he's still doing 100 deals that's not a problem it's if he shows up but though, and is, but if he's lying, as long as it's, as long as the rules are set, so you could say, Hey, if you hit 60 units or whatever that is per year, you don't have to follow these things as long as you are a good culture fit. So you've set it clear for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's not for one person. Yeah. It's an expectation for the whole organization to do that. And it does what, become a problem if you don't have that. Well, that's exactly right. And then, so what I'm saying is that, it, but there's all these other problems that are showing up, not at this degree that we're talking about the ones that are like, Hey, this person has an attitude with this person and now it's causing a problem. And you see, see it with two other people and this it's just kind of like those yeah the person's getting the results then but they're, now there's an attitude there's drama now associated with mm -hmm. that that becomes a problem and what do you do and that's the question that you have to do is how do you address that how do you deal with that and that's what people really try to avoid is because it's not tangible in the fact of like somebody says hey you need to get five sales next month and they get one it's very easy and it's tangible and there's there's consequences same thing in sports if somebody's out there if tom brady needs to go out there and he's throwing interceptions every time it's tangible they get fired it's easy where the where it gets really tricky in business is this kind of intangible part not intangible in a good way but this kind of like what isn't really measurable and so, but it's the attitude, it's the, it's the behavior that's associated with the problem. It could be somebody showing up late. It could be somebody showing, you know, checking their phone during emails. It could be somebody, you know, rolling their eyes. Rolling their eyes. It could be all those different things. Yeah. It could be somebody just stirring up drama in the background after a decision is made. That wouldn't be the decision I would make. Right. It's those things that get really tough in business that you can't tolerate. Right. Because those erode the organization and they yes. erode the culture and they don't actually get results. And then top people go, I don't want to be around this. Mm -hmm. They want to be around Michael Jordan. Mm. Do they? Yes, I just drop the mic right there. This, <laughs> it's it. Period. Right. It's, so that was, the, that was the point. And it's it's and okay. Maybe not Michael Jordan. They want to be around a leader that is not willing that is willing to take the stand on these things mm -hmm. and not tolerate, regardless of how Bill Belichick. Yeah, exactly. Is that example right for yeah. Drew Bledsoe? And then again, he turned that team around and he's won some pretty cool championships. So, so okay, we've identified a problem. Yes. We decide we are no longer going to tolerate it. Yes. What do we do? Well, first you can actually use, we didn't, didn't we do a whole episode of fierce conversations of walking everyone through how to have a fierce conversation. Probably. So it'd probably be good yes. to like review that or Susan Scott has a great book on how to have a fierce conversation. It's not fierce in like, you're like a demon. It's fierce in terms of like, you're actually having the real conversation. Yeah. It can be difficult. It can yeah. It can, can be, of course. Tough. Well, hold on. It can be all those conversations yeah, are always, always difficult. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, it's not like you wake up every day and be like, I can't wait to have this. If you do, that's wrong. That's a problem. I think for, I don't know about other people, but for me, why, 
though they're often that difficult is because I feel like I'm judging somebody else's behavior, emotions, energy, because it's not just, we don't like people's emotions. Well, it's not just a number, right? Yes. You can't just point. That's to, why it's, you can't measure the intangibles. That's, right. that's what, this is, this is where and leadership so gets really hard base it on your interpretation of their attitude. Yes. Um, and their actions that are associated with attitude totally. in the results of it. That's why you have to triangulate the information first. Right. And often you don't see it firsthand and that can be the, right. You're hearing it from this person or this person who's like, this is my third interaction yeah. with this person and I just don't know what's happening. And you're like, well, I haven't seen it. So the first thing you would do, and that's why people launch investigations. You don't have to launch an investigation, but like you, re, the, you hear something, right? And then you go in there and you start talking to different parties about it. So you can gather and triangulate all the information so you have the facts and figures. And most of the time, it's not... It may not be as harsh as you first heard it because that person probably has some emotion behind it. Mm -hmm. However, then you, you, you see it once, you can address it, you can have the conversation, you can talk to other people, you can watch it. This, if it's something that's not um, egregious, right? Like if it's something that's egregious, then right, like you like, just need to have the conversation. Right. With. That's a whole other one. But if it's if it's these intangibles that are like, like you said, because this is the real things that are hard about business. It's these yeah. intangible, I can't measure them. Am I judging this person, right? And you start kind of second guessing this thing. So you triangulate. And then what you do, then you watch and you see how it unfolds a little bit. If you hear it again, there's look where there's smoke, there's probably fire. Mm -hmm. And so then you, then that's when you say, okay, we need to address this. And then you start, when you start unpacking, you'll probably see it start showing up because now you're aware mm -hmm. of what you're looking for and it's either going to show up or it could have been a fluke or it could have been a, a situation the person was going through and it just showed up kind of uh, unexpected. Time, yeah. yeah. Most of the time though, the lion has the same stripes. Well, and I, and I will say that again, this isn't always the case, but the people, if you are hearing it from a, a third party, they've probably already done some of that work. They may have already been, well, maybe it's just one time. Yeah. By the time it gets to you, it may have actually been like four or five times. Yes, it very well could be. And then you're seeing it and you're like, okay, so now it's, we're on like time five and now I need to, oh well, no, it's like six, seven, eight. Yeah. Well, what it. happens in that situation too is the person that's their direct boss or being directly affected by it has built up the point where they're not coming to you with it yeah. and you go and, okay, let me check it out. It's like, as if it's the first time they heard it. Exactly. And so when you're not taking action, they're going, well, how come you're not taking all this action? You're going, well, I just heard about this. Right. And that's why it can feel different because you're like, okay, now I have to go deal with this. Yeah. And the, uh, the one thing I was going to say is I, I totally agree with like the watching and kind of triangulating information, but also just being careful about the, how you approach other people and ask questions because yes, you also yes. don't want to be it's not drama. stirring the pot yeah. or bringing up drama or, you know, just being really conscious of who you are bringing those yes. issues to so that you're not. It's not like you go around the whole team and say, Hey, is Hallie doing this over here? Yeah. I think you got to be really strategic and you got to have your, and you do it. And it may just be one person that totally. you go to. Yeah. And if not, if you can't go to somebody else about it, you just need to be watch very it. vigilant yeah. on what that behavior is and watch it. And then maybe you, you ask for you to be CC'd on different emails. You can maybe ask to be on the zoom call so you can listen in or you ask for it to be recorded and then you get a copy of it. Things that you can do as like a ninja to basically be able to do it. But this, this is what leadership is. It's dealing with people. I sort of emailed to somebody yesterday that says, Hey, yeah, you're going to, you're now about to embark in this whole new leadership challenge for you and it's going to get harder. So buckle up. And it's because now you're going to be leading through people and people do some really weird things. They just do. Well, I was going to, yeah. And I was going to just say that we did talk a lot about the behavior and attitudes, but but sometimes it's just as simple as a performance issue. Yeah. And, and just, if you see if like the, I'm just trying to think of an example, somebody not reporting their sales numbers, like if they don't do it six weeks in a row, I mean, at that point you have, you're already tolerating it. And that just the precedent that you've said is that it doesn't matter whether or not they report their sales numbers. However, if it's a problem in week two, you have to address it. Yes. You have to, you always like, even like when the, 
you know, the first week or two that you hire somebody or that's new or you identify the problem, you have to confront it directly. Like you have to bring it up because if you wait too long, it's like somebody has something stuck in their teeth. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you, if you wait too long to tell somebody they have something in their teeth, it's then you're like, I can't say anymore. If like 10 seconds goes by and you didn't say anything, you're like, now I'm not saying anything until, yeah. and then somebody else shows up and they're like, Hey, you have something in your teeth. And now it just looks weird. I, I, I totally get the analogy. And I, I don't think it's ever too late to bring up an issue. Totally. With it's always better employee. to do it. It's always better to do it than not do it. Yes. Um, always better to do it. As sooner as possible. Yes. Because you'll actually get to the heart of it and then you start setting the different precedent for the team. Right. Different standards, different expectations that they need to be adjusted. Well, and if anybody takes anything from this, um, particularly that I'm right in the basketball analogy, yeah, um, Michael Jordan but is, is the greatest is, of all time. And, <laughs> into the, into the difference of this, no, but how you brought up some really good points there. Um, but the, uh, but the reality is, is that this is very common. So I don't want people to think that because a lot of times people think in their, their in isolation, like this is only their team. Like this is their only things. This happens. Go look at the news for every organization. I always like laugh because it's like Amazon or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk and their companies and how they're rallied against them and how their shareholders are suing them or how their top executives just left and now suing them or how like, you know, players leave. And it's just, it's look, it's everything. So this is part of, this is the challenge of leadership. And this is why it can be very difficult is because of these intangible things that you have to deal with. They can't necessarily be measured, but just know that they're happening everywhere. And so part of you learning your leadership is learning how to deal with this, not to deflect it, not pretend it doesn't exist and not to sweep it underneath the rug, but to actually start coming and directly handling these things and learning how to have tough conversations. Because that's really what we're talking about here is you're making a quality decision to have a tough conversation, to look for the information and then taking a level of action so that you can course correct before it becomes a problem. And if you don't, it doesn't mean you may not succeed. It just, people may not have a wonderful time at your organization and, or a great time, or you may not attract the top talent, or you may understand that you're preventing people from coming in there because the backstory is I'm not going to go work with Hallie, right? Or whatever that is. And then if you get the right people, they're coming in saying, I actually want to work with Hallie mm -hmm. because I want to work with this leader because they're the real deal. And when people say they're the real deal, the reason what they're saying is they're not willing to hide from these things. They understand these things are going to show up and they're going to be dealt with. You have to deal with them. That's what leadership is. It's dealing with all of these things that nobody else wants to deal with. And that's why you're the leader. Like nobody else wanted to tell Drew Bledsoe that he's late, right? <laughs> nobody wanted yep. to tell Michael Jordan. All right. Nobody, and they did. And they and nobody did. did. Yeah, they did. So that's why he's <laughs> great. He's awesome. If you have Michael Jordan, I'm just going to, if you have Michael Jordan, just let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. But to a certain degree. I know, but then but Tiger Woods is a great example of that. Degree, like, yeah. Well, some, at some point, Tiger Woods crossed it. Yeah, but he, I mean, he didn't have a team. It was just him. Well, he had a whole team of people. He had a whole team of sponsors that Yeah, but it in. wasn't like somebody was dependent on him, in for, like, in football or basketball. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. We don't need to go to our sports analogy and have no, another. Especially, especially golf, <laughs> golf, which I know nothing about. Know. We actually, the reason Tiger popped in because we were talking about, um, Hasher asked me an example the other day of, like, a role model that, somehow he asked about a role model that's no that like he wanted an analogy of somebody like that kind of broke and then came back and i think tiger is a great example of that of somebody who was like this picturesque person of like what your kids you wanted your kids to be this professional athlete he was with the, the, the you know the um, sponsors that he had his his figure his personality right and then all of a sudden it broke right it, but 
what my whole point was saying this it, it broke right publicly it, publicly that's what i'm saying yeah. like it publicly put him on there and they, they said it was you're amazing right and so it was there then he broke then he came back though like he rebuilt himself which would have been i think most people never would have done that you have to whether you like tiger or not you have to give him credit for that he rebuilt his profession i am curious how his personal life is going well that's the whole thing if you read did you read his books you should read his book and it yeah, talks about, no, I'm probably never going to read that. Book. You should, because it talks a lot about how like after like in different things that he's gone through since then and how he really talk up, he took up Buddhism again, which has always been there and really did a lot of the self work. He went to therapy, different things he was doing. Okay, that, so yeah, so he yeah, did a yeah. lot of personal growth and now when he's playing, he's not part of it is he's not tiger anymore, but he still has a lot more enjoyment and he's doing different things. And, and anyways, um, so don't tolerate it. If you tolerate something, understand, here's, I guess the, the, the message is like, just be aware of what you're tolerating, tolerating and make sure that it's a universal thing that if you're going to tolerate it and if it's whatever that toleration is, there's going to be a threshold. And if it, if it passes your threshold or the team's culture threshold, it needs to be dealt with. And if there's an actual behavior issue, like lying or sneaking or dismissive or something on those lines, you have to address those things. If you don't address those things, they will erode your culture over time. Right. And again, it just sends the message that, that it's okay. Yes when it's not. No, it's not. Hey everybody, thanks for listening today. I wanted to let you know that our event calendar is filling up fast this year with impactful webinars, trainings, and in-person events. If you have been enjoying our show, you'll get a ton of value by connecting with us at one of our trainings by going to adamhergenrother.com slash events. Most of our events are completely free, so make the time to check out what we have coming up so you don't miss a thing. Again, you can find our events page at adamhergenrother.com slash events. We look forward to connecting with you there. See you next week for another episode of Business Meets Spirituality.